Hello there, and welcome to the Music and Film Saints today. Myself, Chris Rice, and I'm here with my good friend, Gareth Jones. Hi, Gareth. Hello, mate. Good to be here. You're right. I'm fine, thank you. I am fine. I'm looking forward to doing this second half of the podcast. So hopefully, you guys, this is a brand new podcast where got ordinary people, men, women, I'll get people on, friends of mine will come on and we'll chat about our favourite music and our favourite films. And I, I wanted to do it so that it's people that are not necessarily associated with the music business or the film business, but people who have a good knowledge about music and film. Um, Gareth is the presenter of the Track One Side One podcast, which is available on all your good podcasting platforms. So go and check that out. And if you tuned into the previous podcast of mine, the first one in our, in our series, this um, we did our Gareth and I counted down our top 20 albums of all time, or should I say 20 to 11? So this is part two, and we're going to be counting down 10 to 1. And then the next couple of podcasts coming up will be counting down our 20 films of all time. So mm. I thought it was a really good introduction of the type of music and films we like. Um, whether you agree with us or not, that's great. Everybody has their own opinion yeah. about music and film. That's the beauty of it. Um, and hopefully there's a few, and, and certainly with Gareth's 20, I'm hoping that there's a few <laughs> that you may not have heard of or, mm. or or, or actually have heard of and gone, oh, I'm so glad that someone's recognising that as a classic <laughs> album and stuff. Yeah. So that's that's what we want to do. And that's and hopefully you'll, you'll stay with us. We've got lots of sort of rankings of films and, and out, um, music coming up. We've got James Bond films. We've got Britpop albums. We've got Blur Oasis. We've got Star Wars coming up, uh, uh, film rankings. We're also going to be doing some commentaries to so get some of our favourite films and uh or films that may be a bit more of a cult classics and having a bit of a, a chat as that we play them we've got to work out the technology and how to do that actually don't we uh, so that's the uh, that's yeah. the first thing um and also we'll be doing um something where we'll pick some subjects out of a hat and just randomly talk about them as well uh, ones that we don't know um what's the beauty about this countdown as well is gareth and i have not shared it with each other before nope. doing it. so no. this is I wanted to do it like this to make it sort of live and reaction. So we will interrupt each other. We will get excited <laughs> over things. We will sometimes have no knowledge of the album that we each other's talking about. So um, especially me with some, with some of the Gareth and great choices. <laughs> I knew it would be like that. I knew it would be some great stuff. So what we're going to do, we're going to count down Gareth's 10 to 1. And then we're going to count down my 10 to 1. So without further ado... Um, Gareth, why don't you just quickly, if people haven't listened to the previous uh, episode, why don't you quickly just count down your 20 to 11 and then yeah, no worries. crack on with cool. the 10. Okay, uh, so number 20 was uh, Three Colours Red, their debut album called Pure. Uh, number 19 was China Drums' debut album called Goose Fair. Uh, number 18 was a self-titled debut album by Skin. Uh, 17 was uh, Mega City 4 and the album was Sebastopol Road. Uh, number 16, Public Enemy, um, with that iconic It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. Uh, number 15, uh, Lemonheads, uh, A Shame About Ray. Number 14 was Counting Crows' debut, August and Everything After. Uh, number 13 was Soul Asylum and Grave Dancers Union. Uh, number 12 was Weezer's debut, a.k.a. The Blue Album. Uh, and my number 11 album was Like a Prayer by Madonna. Right, so 
The number 10. Number 10. Let's do it. Into the top 10. With, for me, this is the greatest hard rock album ever made. Um, I, I never kind of had much of a like relationship with, with my father growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he was there, but, you know. Um, but I remember him buying this album and listening yeah. to it in the car. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of the first time that I kind of heard like like sort of powerful driving guitars and drums and stuff like this. And it immediately kind of had an effect on me. I didn't know what the effect was. I was only maybe five or six. Yeah. But it had something that made me, I don't know, basically put my Transformers toys down and listen. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I actually listened to the music go, oh, my God, this is incredible. Yeah. And it was one of those albums that I think still sounds, the production on it is still incredible. The songs are undeniable. It contained their biggest hits, um, which was a track called Jump. And this is the album 1984 by Van Halen. Ah, Van Halen. It's, it kind of, I mean, Van Halen essentially invented kind of, you know, all, all the hair metal stuff that came out in the 80s was as a result of Van Halen forming at the end of the 70s, really. They were the ultimate good time party bands, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and and obviously, Eddie Van Halen, you know, you know, passed away last year. And yeah. I was, I was, it, it hit me quite. It hit me quite hard. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a band that I kind of grew up with, and it always reminds me of being in the car with my dad, especially yeah. this album. Yeah. Um, it was one of, one of those times we kind of sort of had like a shared moment in terms yeah. of like music and things like this. You know, and, and I'll always treasure that. Um, but you know, uh, look, absolute kind of masters of their craft at the top of their game with this album. Like you know, this is when they started bringing bringing in the keyboards, yeah. obviously for the song Jump, which is obviously yeah. you know iconic yeah. kind of you know keyboard opening to that song. But it's also got amazing kind of driving hard rock songs like Panama and yeah. Hot for Teacher. And it was the last album they did before David Lee Roth. Uh, left the band. Yeah. He left the band after this album. Didn't, he then came back um, into the band, I think, in 2010. Mm-hmm. And they released what turned out to be their final album, uh, which is called A Different Kind of Truth, which is yeah. absolutely incredible. We, we, we were talking about comeback albums. Yeah, in the yeah, last yeah. We talked about Take That and stuff. The Van yeah. Halen comeback album in, in like 2010, 2011, absolutely incredible. But this, for me, it's the greatest hard rock album of all time. It's the ultimate kind of summer party rock barbecue album. Yeah, yeah. And and it jump is just one of those songs. You could play jump to anyone. Yeah. Even to people that don't like rock music and they'll be like, I know this song. This is brilliant. Do you think do you think when they somebody came up with that keyboard riff? Yeah. Do you think somebody went, We've got a hit. We've got a hit like, here. We've got must, our mortgages paid for for life. Yeah. With yeah, this. <laughs> It's an interesting question. I've seen artists being asked that, you know, like, yeah. you know, when, I don't know, for example, when Springsteen wrote Dancing in the Dark, yeah, yeah. you know, he, you must have known that that was, it's a hit. It's just a hit. It's, you know, yeah. like, yeah, Layla, like you say with Layla, Jump. Layla, you, Clapton, you know, exactly. You must know. You yeah, must have an yeah. inkling going, this is, this is good. This is good. Yeah, I had I lived with a mate at uni who was playing keyboards and in bands, and he 
he loved his synthesizers and all that and he loved a lot of synth bands like uh, i mean he loved yes and he loved depeche mode and all that and oh, yeah. um, nice. loved van halen and he played that song himself used to play it all the time <laughs> jump <laughs> he absolutely loved that song uh, i can always remember you buying i came to visit you in ed um for a few days and we probably probably went to cambridge we might have yeah. um, and bought this david lee roth solo album yes can you remember yeah. it? it was like on, on the cover yes. was him on a mountain I uh, just bear with me one second. I'll, I'll let me find it. <laughs> I've, I've got I've got his first four albums on vinyl now. But yeah, yeah. this was the album you're talking about, Skyscraper. Yes, yes, yeah. He does um he does the Beach Boys cover. Ca- California Girls, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> great album, great album. I I always loved David Lee Roth. You know, mad mad as a hatter, but a genius. Yeah, you know, and, and, and exactly what I want out of my rock frontman. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. So flamboyant. Typical, typical 80s rock band, Van Halen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flamboyant yeah. characters, all that yeah. type of thing. You know, you've got yeah. Kiss, you've got ACDC, I know, but a lot of them came from the 70s, but in yeah. the 80s, they became yeah, even more mot- flamboyant. Yeah, like, you know, you had your Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses yeah. and all this kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, Aerosmith yeah, coming back and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. for me, for me, Van Halen. At, at the end of the day, you can be as flamboyant and as and as showboaty as you want. But for me, the thing the thing that separates Van Halen from all those other hair bands from the time, you know, mm-hmm. be that Skid Row, Poison. I love it all because I grew up. Yeah. But for me, with Van Halen, at the end of the day, their songs were just better. They had yeah. better songs than all the others. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. for me, that's what it should really be about. Yeah, are the, are the songs great? And for me, yeah. you know, there's some very inconsistent Van Halen albums, but that was that's the time they got it absolutely right. Yeah, it's um, <coughs> excuse me, it's an eight, it's, it's there's, there's only eight songs on the album. It's barely half an hour long. Really? They're really that short? Yeah, oh, they're not they, long they, songs. They just, they're no, just... No, no, no. You know, they're all kind of three, three and a half minute pop songs. Yeah. Like shaved, you know, trimmed off all the fat, you know. Yeah. And it, 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 for me, it's just, it's it's a perfect, perfect rock album. Yeah. You know. Cool, cool. Um, so what's your number nine? Uh, my number nine? Back to the 90s. Oh. Uh, this is, pro- this is very much a case of, with, with this band, um, if you know, you know. I stumbled across this band on. Do you, do you remember in the nineties when there was that kind of period where all the magazines, be that a weekly magazine or like like a Melody Maker or Kerrang or like mm-hmm. a monthly magazine like Metal Hammer or Q or Mojo or something, you would always get like a free CD. Yeah. There would always yeah. be like. There was that period where they were all doing it. Even the weekly magazines were giving away free CDs. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. compilations and stuff. And I stumbled across this band on uh, a Karan, like a, a, a cover-mounted Kerrang! CD. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of them. And I was like, who is this band? This is incredible. And this was kind of pre-internet time. So and I didn't really know anything about them. As it turned out, they had already split up. And, and, and I remember just literally one day randomly finding the album in HMV mm-hmm. for like nine quid, just in the rack randomly. Yeah. I bought it. I was like, that's that band I'd heard on that CD. And I bought it and became obsessed with it. I was like, how did this band not get big? They're kind of perfect 
like alt rock the irish was like, like a three-piece alt rock kind of they've got like the heaviness of like they've got sort of they've got metal influences but they've also got uh, like an rem kind of influence as well yeah. where you know that kind of like like almost like indie rock 80s college rock um like story like songwriting and storytelling yeah. and uh, the band is it's a band called curb dog Ooh. right um and it was crazy right for years i i what like last year they re-released they only did two albums they re-released yeah. both albums on a limited edition mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if you were because i've i've always looked on like discogs and ebay and stuff mint copies if, if you've got an original copy of, of this from 1997 and i know one person that has yeah orig- original copies go for about eight, 800 quid wow it's cra- crazy yeah because there was such a limited quantity done but th- yes, this yes. album the thing i love about curb dog because right, they've had a bit of a renaissance over the past few years with like people like like biffy clyro and yeah. well, especially biffy clyro like yeah uh, uh, frank T- you heard of frank turner yes yeah. Yes. Like they both like, regularly say their interviews, especially Biffy Clyro. And I love it when they do. They're like, Curb Dog were one of the reasons that we formed Biffy Clyro. And I love so the are fact they, Are they a Biffy like, Clyro bit, sounding band, are they? Yeah, yeah. A little bit, I guess. It's it, it's more kind of like, it's, it's not as kind of jarring and a bit weird as Biffy sometimes go. But yeah. it's certainly got that, that kind of. I think that Biffy do really well with you know those kind of heavy distorted guitar lines, but with like brilliant pop melodies yeah. over the top. And again, it's it's something I talk about with a lot of these albums. Yeah. I love that that perfect marriage of kind of heavy guitars, yeah, but the the massive pop melodies over the top. I I'm a sucker for that stuff. And a yeah. lot of these albums in my top twenty represent that kind of sound. Cool. But this this album, it's you know. And it's had a bit of a renaissance, and it's almost like, just like one of those bands that a lot, a lot of people that I've met over the years, being in bands and stuff, we'll talk about music, and I'll say to them, do you remember a band called Curb Dog? And more often than not, they're like, oh my God, that album, On The Turn, this album, absolute lost classic. It was the right album at the wrong time. Yeah. It yeah. came out in 1997. Um... And it should have been, because their first album did okay. I think the first album got the top 40. They had a couple of top 40 hits off it. And mm-hmm. the second album, they went over to they, they went over to like LA for a year. And they came back, and it was all Britpop. Noel wanted yeah. to kind of hear kind of heavier alternative music like this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but it's uh, but it's it's one of those albums that I think it's been rediscovered through the internet age. And people have yeah. kind of passed it over to people that may not have heard of them. And I think, yeah. uh, again... Put it on your list. I think you will love this album, and you will be like, I've got it, how I've got it there, yeah. How I've, I've missed band... it. I, I've never heard of them. I've never heard yeah, of well, them. Don't worry, but there's no shame in that, because not many yeah. people have. You know, yeah. It's just one of those, well, you know, and, and you see lists online of, like, you know, top 10 90s bands that should have been huge, and more often than not, Curb Dog are in yeah. that list. Yeah. It's amazing how, you know, it was almost an overabundance of, good music and good bands in that in that decade in that yeah, period. Was, and it just wasn't room for everyone no it was oversaturation 
in, yeah, in yeah. an amazing way because it was all yeah, brilliant yeah, yeah. And, and like and like you we were just devouring it all like yeah, a, yeah. like a, like it was like an all-you-can-eat buffet yeah, yeah. it was like more, more and in those days more, in yeah. those days we didn't have a, you know we had more time but there was so many you didn't have all time for everyone <laughs> you know so um a lot of very like, good bands a lot of very good bands disappeared between the cracks you know and the no exactly and the other thing was as well we as you know at that age because a lot of our favorite bands at the time were influenced by stuff from before we were also consuming the old stuff we were listening exactly. to yeah, 60s true. 70s and 80s stuff yeah, yeah. so as well just to get you know to to shape our music so sometimes you just don't have the room for everything and, and unfortunately some bands just slip through yeah. that net uh, yeah, okay, I've got that on my list. I've got that on my list. There's many others of yours. Nice. I've got my list listed. Yeah. <laughs> As, uh, right, uh, where are we number up to? That was my number, number that was eight. my number nine. Yeah. Uh, my number eight. Um bit off piece this. We're going back to the seventies. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Um and you know, the, the greatest the greatest concert I've ever been to was in um summer of 2013 and it was at Wembley Stadium and it was Bruce Springsteen and I had to include a Bruce Springsteen album because he's one of my absolute favourites and this is one a choice that changed I was I'm in a which Springsteen album for a long time uh, I always said my favourite Springsteen album was his second album which was called The Wild The Innocent and The East Street Shuffle yeah but I I, but I then I, I listened to this album after it and i was like yeah this is this is the best springsteen album and it is born to run because it because it just is you know i don't i it, it's almost a bit of a cliche saying born to run suppress you know it's like saying your favorite nirvana album is never mind you know what i mean yeah. like you know you know it's well, the sometimes, obvious one, sometimes but, sometimes though the reason is because but it is it, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what i was gonna say you know because it just is right yeah this was like his, because this was his third studio album. His first two albums had sold nothing. He was literally on the last legs with CBS Records. And, yeah. it, you know, he, he spent six months, six months alone recording the title track. Mm-hmm. Just imagine that in the mid 70s, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. people were literally, you know, they were doing, they were recording an album in a couple of weeks. He spent yeah, six yeah. months alone on the title track, yeah. you know. Um, and then it got released to radio. Radio obviously lapped it up. And it, the whole app, the, the way it opens with Thunder Road, you know, straight, you know, 10th Avenue freeze out, night, uh, she's the one meeting across the river. And then it, the way the album finishes with Jungle Land, which is about 10 yeah. minutes long. And yeah. it's it's so beautiful. And the lyrics, you know, my all-time favourite lyric is from Born to Run, which is, it's, uh, the highway's jammed with broken heroes on a last chance power drive. Everybody is out on the run tonight, but there's no place left to hide. It's yeah. it's, it's absolute poetry, and I think it's the only time I've ever cried at a gig. Well, I, I I would love I would love actually one of our podcasts at some point because I'm not that up up with Bruce Springsteen. I have actually, funny enough, I have actually bought his last most two most recent albums. Oh, actually, his last album was brilliant. Yeah, My yeah. Last two and I've got a greatest hits of Bruce Springsteen, but I've never been. I would love you, and it probably wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to do it because I wouldn't be able to have the the history of getting through all those albums. 
I could get through them, but I wouldn't have been able to listen to them enough. I, yeah, I would have yeah, loved yeah. you to do, love you to do a top ten Bruce Springsteen album at one point as part of this podcast because I think that yeah, would I'd be really to, good. I'd love to. I'd love to. I'd be an honour. Yeah, because it'd be a good, it'd be a good, uh, it'd be a good musical education actually. Because I mean, it's one of those artists that I keep thinking I must listen to more of yeah. his stuff because so it's, many it's, people it's, love him, um, and I've never really had the yeah, time I mean, to get into it. No, no, because it's it's a big old back catalogue. It's quite okay. daunting. It's like it's, it's, it's like still very prolific. Still yeah, very prolific as well. You know, it's a case of like where the fuck do you start? You know, it's, yeah, um, yeah, you know, um, but yeah. He's an incredibly important artist to me, and I'm, you know, I feel incredibly blessed that I got, I got to see him. I don't know if he'll ever tour again, but and it was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, three and a half hours, no support. Uh, it's amazing. And, and, at the, and, and, and at the end of the gig, me and my friends that we went with, we all turned to each other and, and we were like, "Well, he didn't play this. He didn't play. He didn't play Born in the USA. He played for three and a half hours and didn't play Born in the USA." Uh, you know, it's crazy. Does he play a lot of deep cuts as well when he when he does that longer gig? Yeah, he does. He did. Um, he apparently it's, it's it's the only time I've seen Springsteen, but apparently it's a tradition for Springsteen fans, like the ones who are down the front, they yeah. hold up like giant placards with request songs on. Wow. Yeah. Right. And and apparently for for every apparently he's done this for years. Like the first kind of half an hour of the gig. Um, they'll go out, he, Springsteen will literally walk out into the crowd and pick out the placards that have got the song titles on, show the song titles to the band and go, right, mm. we're doing this next. So this, the band has, they have to know. They have yeah, to memorize yeah, yeah. 300 odd songs because they don't know what the, the crowd are going to pick. The, you know, the crowd, I mean, when I saw them, they, they, you know, they did some deep cuts like early on. I was yeah, like, oh yeah. my God, I can't believe, you know, they did like Incident yeah, on 57th yeah. Street, which is, a, you know, a track off the second album. You know, I mean, when you're a big fan, how and, and they do that, it is amazing. When you're a, when you're a not a, more of a, a Wayfair fan, yeah. it's not so. But yeah, when you, yeah, I mean, but, I, when I went to see Prince in the back in 2007, when he did all those, yeah, yeah, like 50 concerts in the O2 or something, yeah. and he did a different set list every single oh, night. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's incredible. I mean, so that, that his, yeah. his band had to to, had to rehearse. Yeah. All these yeah. songs, because I would imagine he would that morning go right. We're playing this today. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and all that. No, and, uh, they probably even wouldn't do it in the morning. It would literally be five minutes yeah, on the yeah, yeah. stage. They were hands on set list, you know. This is what, yeah, we're, that's doing. what we're doing. So yeah. um, amazing, amazing. So number seven. Uh, number seven, right? Um, back to the nineties, the college years. Uh, nineteen ninety-seven, and uh, again, like with Curb Dog. It was, another, it was another band from that time. We were talking about that almost oversaturated period, yeah. post-Morning Glory, where there yeah. was just this abundance of amazing British bands, all getting major label deals, all releasing great stuff. Yeah. You know? And this was another one of those albums that just kind of disappeared between the cracks, and unfairly so, because I absolutely adore this album. I adore this band. Again, the, the singer unfortunately passed away last year. And I feel so, I, I feel so lucky that I they did a one-off reunion show about four years ago at my friend's club night in London at this Britpop club night, um, and it was it was a one-off reunion. As it turned out, it was their last ever show. Um, and I've got an amazing picture of me and the singer 
back because they, they did the gig and I was just like, I've got to grab a picture with him. Yeah, so I just yeah, shout, yeah. I shout, I went, James, like I'm on first name terms with him. And he turned around, <laughs> I was like, oh, mate, I'll get a picture. You know, we just had a chat. He was lovely, absolutely lovely guy. But anyway, um, I digress. Um, it was from 1997 and this is the debut self-titled album by Silver Sun. Sun, yes. And I know, I know for a fact you've always been a yeah. big fan Love, of Silver Sun. Love Silver Sun. It, it was that kind of, again, what I was talking about with the the kind of heavy distorted guitar, but not just pop melodies, the Beach Boys harmonies, yeah. like four yeah. part Beach Boy harmonies and like the, the kind of Beatles meets Cheap Trick kind of, you know, just amazing pop songs with yeah. this really heavy overdriven guitar. And it was, yeah. I still listen to this album weekly. It's usually yeah. a Friday. It's usually a Friday afternoon Friday album now. when, wow. you know, in, in the van. There's a few albums that, that are my Friday afternoon albums. This is yeah. still one of them, and I never get, I'll never ever get bored of it. It's funny uh, how there's albums, and there's going to be albums on my top ten list as well. That yeah. you just, I just never get sick of, and I've no, listened never to them sick of, yeah. countless times. Um, and you, and you, and you sort of think to yourself, I must listen to something I haven't listened to for a while. No, yeah. I'm gonna. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. <laughs> It's weird that because you know you know you were saying in the last episode that you, you found it a bit you know crazy that I didn't have definitely maybe in there. Yeah. It's so weird that I, I've listened to like Silver Sun, probably perfect example. I probably now listen. I probably listen to it at least the same amount of times. I've probably listened to definitely maybe, yeah. but I, just have, I don't know. I don't know what it is about the overfamiliarity. I don't know if it was the fact that you know we were talking about albums that everyone had. Yeah. So you were just so familiar. You knew them back to yeah. front, inside out, and you didn't yeah. even own these albums, like yeah, you, you yeah, were saying. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it was the over-familiarity of that kind of stuff that whilst I have an emotional connection with them, you know, yeah. whenever I hear like Supersonic, for example, I'm immediately transported back and I'm 16 again, you know, yeah. you know, at school or whatever. But they don't seem to hold a place in my heart that these albums like the silver sun album yeah. the curb dog albums and stuff like this yeah. it's not it's, it's oh, you know please don't think for a second that i'm saying oh no i don't like definitely maybe anymore because i oh my it's yeah, unbelievable yeah you know. i know i know what you mean sometimes Do you know what i mean we mentioned it, yeah. we mentioned it in the last episode sometimes it's frustrating when there's an album that everybody you love that everybody doesn't or doesn't know yeah. about and you know why don't yeah. you like so why don't you know this song this is a great song um but then it's sometimes nice to have an album that nobody knows about. Yeah, yeah. You know, and or yeah, you sort of, I quite used to quite like that. Even my secret little bands. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why it's popped in my head, but there was an album, uh, Julian Lennon's, Julian Lennon's, John Lennon's son album, Help yeah, Yourself. Yeah. I used to love that Yeah, yeah, Saltwater. Saltwater was quite a big hit, but I used to love that album. The album didn't even get in the top four. Obviously, nobody knew about that album. And I used to play that album. It's quite one of the early CDs I got was that album. And I was always a big fan of that album, but I always knew that nobody else would be. I mean, actually, talking about it, I most want to listen to it. I haven't listened to it in years. But, But it's a little bit like that sometimes. And there's actually definitely an album coming up in that top 10 where I can say, couple of them actually where i can say you know what either people haven't got that album in terms of they haven't, they haven't got it like you've got it they don't under, seem to understand it like you do 
um, or like you say, it, 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 you're not, you're not, you've just got it. You know, you, you didn't get fed up with it because everybody was playing. It, you know, yeah. Silver yeah. Sun is an yeah. album that you play. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it's not an album I'd ever get sick of because the only time I'd no. hear it was when I put it on. Home yeah, whatever, so you're making you know that I mean? choice. Yeah. You're making that yeah. choice. It's not like on in the common room and you go, no. oh, it's really jagged oh. little pill again. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's how many albums did Silver Sun do in the end? Um, well, they did, uh, I'm trying to think now. I think it was six or seven. Well, they, they did the first two albums were. Um, released on a major, they're on Polydor. The second album, that's when they had their biggest hit. They did, they had the biggest hit. It was a cover of uh, Too Much Too Little Too Late, yes. an old Johnny Mathis song. Yes. Do you remember that? It was on radio yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Big yeah, yeah, I remember that really well. Actually, uh, yeah, yeah, good, good uh, version of it, I think. Yeah, really good version. Really yeah, good yeah. version. Um, the second album's really good as well. Actually, it's called Neo Wave. Uh, then after that, the, um, the 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 singer he basically kind of became. Like he was doing sort of Silver Sun on his own and was just releasing the albums online. Like every right. few years, he'd put one out online and stuff. And he released their album last year. What's so that's been their final album. That was my album of the year last year. Right. It's called Swi- It's called Switzerland and it's absolutely yeah. brilliant. Absolutely cool. brilliant. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Silver Sun number seven. So number yeah. six. Number six. Uh, I think this might be from the same year. <laughs> Uh, where are oh no no we're going back to uh, the the halcyon days of 1996. Oh, <laughs> yeah. As long as we say is the it, 90s, I don't care. <laughs> is it the 90s? Is it the 90s, Gaz? Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, this was an album. It was one of those albums. It, it soundtracks. Um, when I was at college, uh, when, at college I did uh, I did City Guilds in photography. You know, mm-hmm. and it did. did so I used to spend many, many long hours in a, you know, in the dark room developing pictures, you know, in the yeah. dark, on your own, solitary. Yeah. And I used yeah. to put my, you know, you, you know, back then it was still Walkman. Uh, yeah. I used to put my, you know, put my headphones on. And I used to listen to albums, just kind of get lost in it and being developing pictures and, yeah. Yeah. you know, like enlarging pictures, stuff like that. And this was one of the albums. Someone did me a copy of it. And it was all I used to listen to when I was, it was, this was like my dark room album. You know, right. and it, it's incredible. I think it was the first ever album that was made up entirely of samples. Every oh. sound you hear is a sample. Okay. And it's from 1996, and it is DJ Shadow introducing. Ah, introducing, yes. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. I've never heard anything like it. And even now, I, I don't know how many, you know, hundreds, thousands of times I listened to this album over the last 25 years. But I still kind of hear things that I've never heard in it before. There's still kind yeah. of things, that I'm, nuances that I'm discovering in each song. And just the way it takes you on this incredible, almost like, it, it, it is a journey. It's almost like a road trip through, yeah. I don't know, the desert of nothingness. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. I, there were a lot of those albums at the time. The, the way dance music was evolving in kind of the mid-90s, when... You know, dance music w- w- was kind of showing that you they could produce genuinely great albums. Yes. It wasn't just about those bangers you heard in clubs. Like Underworld were releasing great albums. Chemical yeah. Brothers, The Prodigy, yeah. um, DJ Slim. Shadow, Bad Boy Slim. Yeah, they yeah. proved you know, at you know, uh, like dance albums were a viable commodity, yeah. and they were 
brilliant. They were brilliant albums. I think they benefited from the Britpop movement because they're often yeah, cast in with them. You know, the Prodigy yeah. and the Chemical Brothers and Fatboy Slim especially, they were often classed as part of the Britpop yeah. well, movement. I mean, I mean Chemical, Chemical Brothers and Prodigy supported Oasis and Abworth. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know. Both had number one singles as well, which had never really yeah. happened with dance no, bands no, that no, much. No, not at all. Um, no, not at all. And it was the fact that they were, it, they were being, it was more than like Prime Prodigy, especially. It was more, there were another one of those bands like we were talking about the last episode, the United the Tribes. Yes. Metal fans like the Prodigy, it was heavy. Dance music fans of like the Prodigy, you know, because it was dance music and it was great. You could dance to it. But indie kids loved the Prodigy as well. Yeah. Because you could, you know, it, and, it, it, and, and pop fans like the Prodigy as well, because they're, they're undeniable yeah, songs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I bought, the fa- I, bought the fa- I bought the Fat of the Land, and I didn't have the previous two Prodigy albums. Yeah. Um, exactly. I, I, the, the second one, um, both of the two Prodigy albums, Prodigy Experience and Music for the Jewish Generations, were played a lot at my school. I was never really into dance music that much, but the Fat of the Land had that crossover appeal for me enough to go and get that get that out basically so um uh, i think i also bought the chemical out chemical brothers album that had let forever be on surrender oh yeah got a slightly more psychedelic twist to their previous ones yeah 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 i saw i saw saw chemical brothers and prodigy uh at at reading 1998 (laughs) and they were both incredible yeah you know i bet i bet yeah yeah but yeah, so yeah, DJ Shadow introducing. Yeah, I'll have to well, listen well, to that. Well, I know of the time. album, but I don't think I've ever, ever properly listened to it. So. And again, it's another one of those albums that kind of crops up in greatest album of all time lists. Yes. You um, know. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, it's well worth your time. It's, I think it's, that's where I'm familiar incredible. with it because it's been so yeah. sort of post Brit pop. Yeah, post it's, it's review. rather yeah. than at the time. I think it's yeah. been more sort of in recent years. It turns up. Yeah, it, no, it has. Yeah. No, I'd agree, yeah. Yeah, no, true. true. So, the big top five, Gareth. Straight into the top five. Here we go. Right, no mucking about now. This, yeah. um, here, here we go. Right, um, what we were talking about with... Um, I wanted to save my REM chat for when I had an REM album. Of course, and I just fully understand. Uh, so, yeah, number five. Uh, this is my favourite REM album. Uh, and I'm, I'm hoping it, it, they reissue it on vinyl. Because uh, I think it's its 25th anniversary next year, I think. Uh, but it is New Adventures in Hi-Fi. Ooh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make a little bit jealous because I've got an yeah. original vinyl copy of New Adventures. Really? Hi-Fi. Yep. You, have you seen how much Have you seen how much that goes for? <laughs> no, I haven't. It goes, I haven't. Goes the best part of 200 quid. I think I bought it secondhand oh, wow. upstairs in Andy's Records. Really? For seven quid. In Cambridge, a while wow. so it was a while back. Um, yeah. I didn't get it when it first came out, but I reckon it was only about four or five years old when I got it. Because wow. I, I I I borrowed the I never had that album. I borrowed it off someone, or I might have got it out of the library. Um, that album, and I had it on tape. But I actually always quite liked the New Adventures. Yeah. I liked I love the New it. Album. Love it. Um, I loved um, Leave. Is it Lee? Yeah, yeah Lee's The long intro, and then it goes yeah. a bit crazy. I love yeah. that song. Really yeah. underrated song. And yeah, I've yeah. got an original. I, I didn't realise it was that expensive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Because I've always kept an eye out and I've given up now because they don't go for less than 200 quid on Discogs yeah. or eBay. So I'm just like, because REM, they always seem to release, re-release their albums on anniversaries, you know, especially yeah. the 90s stuff. So I'm sure, you know, it will come out uh, on, on vinyl uh, next year, I'm sure. And I'll well, buy it then for, for like, you know, for, for about, and it'll, it'll cost me 20, 25 quid. And I, can, I can deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> and also you'll get a, probably a better quality, but a better quality vinyl. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially, you, uh, you know, like, yeah. thicker and all that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. but no, I, I have I, got, I've got a copy, original wow. copy of this. Fair, fair, fair. Well done, mate. That was, that was a good investment. You, you, you've got... <laughs> no, pretty, I didn't realise. You, you made pretty good profit on that. I, you know. I might have I think, the price on it. It was something like wow. $6.99 or something. It was... It was uh... no, I love the fact that this was the album they released after, after re-signing with their record label for, like... It was the biggest kind of record deal of all time at the time. It was like yeah, millions yeah, and yeah. millions. Complete artistic control, and this is, and you know, this is what they brought out. This really obtuse, weird, like the first single, Ebo the Letter. I love Ebo oh, yeah. the Letter, but yeah, yeah, at the great. time, I was like, this isn't everybody hurts. No, Do you know what I mean? No. Electrolytes a bit. It's, it's quite a good mix that album because it's a long yeah, album. It's one of those. It's one of those albums that fully utilizes the CD. Yeah, no, completely. Yeah, but, double but yeah, yeah, I don't, but I don't think it's too long. I think it's. No, it's, no. I, 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 I love every second of this album. But it has a bit of a mixture of all of REM in that. It has a bit of their weird stuff. There's some tracks yeah. that are a bit. It has more experimental stuff. There's tracks yeah. that are a bit harder, like Monster. But then it has a few yeah. tracks that are more traditional REM. Yeah, um, yeah, I, 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 like I love Electro. I love yeah. Electrolyte. They always again, put Electrolyte's always again, on their best ofs. Always it? on the best of. Yeah, that's usually the only song they put off this on yeah. best ofs, which is always a bit unfair, really. But yeah, that's so. Yeah, what's my favorite REM album? I, I love the fact that I love the fact that. Sorry, it's one more thing. I love the fact that most of the songs were, were all recorded live at sound checks on the yeah. on the Monster tour. I love that. Yeah. It just yeah. shows what record- a good what. It just shows what a good live band they were. How. I yeah. think they recorded it in the different locations, didn't they? In the yeah. different venues yeah. they went yeah. to, yeah. Quite a few bands have done that of late, haven't they? Yeah, they have, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was, yep, number five, REM, New Adventures and Hi-Fi. Incredible. Well, when you, come, when you come over, when, when you come over, I'll show yeah. you. Well, it's actually at my parents at the moment. So, if, if you... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all my records, apart from, so apart from these ones that I brought for this, there's still yeah. my records are still at me, at me uh, parents at the moment. But... Um, I'll show you my copy of New Adventures in Hi-Fi. I'd love to see that. I'd <laughs> love the thinnest plastic available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> if I could just hold it, because that would be the closest I ever come to owning an original copy of it, let's be honest. So. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Sometimes you buy these things thinking, I've probably bought it thinking, oh, I haven't got that one. Uh, here it is. <laughs> you buy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right then, so number four. Number four. Well, uh, this is uh, a solo album by a Beach Boy. Okay. Uh, for me personally, um, it's not only one of the greatest albums of all time. I think it's it's the greatest album from someone that was associated with the Beach Boys. I think it's better than any Beach Boys album. Um, and it came from the most unlikely of sources. This is uh, Dennis Wilson's solo debut solo album wow. called pacific ocean blue and wow. if you I, I, i'm nev- so surprised that you've got this 
It yeah, is so it, high. That's amazing. It's, oh, this album, it's kind of that kind of perfect, like, 70s kind of sun-kissed California kind of sound, but it's 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 got like kind of grit under the fingernails. Do you know do you know what I mean? Like like Dennis Wilson's voice by this point in his career, like a lot of drugs, a lot of alcohol. So yeah. you know he had he had, he had kind of miles on the clock, and you know his voice was quite gruff. You know. What year was this brought out again? Did you say? This was brought out in 1977. Was he still in the Beach Boys at the time? Because the uh, Beach Boys was, kept, yeah. they kept joining and leaving, and yeah, it's a bit confusing the history yeah, of the Beach Boys. Is, yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, this was yeah. Uh, it, but it was it was recorded over a number of years at right. the Beach Boys studio. He'd kind of go in, you know, because no one expected him to release an album, let alone an album as good as this. He was yeah. going in, like, you know, bringing some friends down. They were jamming, writing songs, recording them. And eventually, yeah. you know, got got songs together, got this collection of songs together, released it as this album. And again, it's, it's one of those albums that's, had such a kind of re-evaluation and renaissance over the past 10, 12 years. It was another way it just kind of got, it got lost between the cracks. Yeah. It was like one of those ultimate kind of lost classic albums. And it's just the songs on it. It's a lot of it is, it's got a bit of that kind of like mid seventies kind of Fleetwood Mac vibe. Yeah. You know, but it's got, it's got brass on it. There's a bit of funk in it, like blues. Yeah. There's beautiful piano ballads, a bit of like Elton John in the piano ballads. Yeah. And his voice is so tender and beautiful. I've got a feeling he might have, I might be wrong here, but I've got a feeling that it's like the Beach Boys and Dennis Wilson supported Elton John in the mid-70s. That would have been a... Yeah, uh, that would have been a good night out, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I think, didn't Dennis Wilson actually write for some other artists throughout the 70s? He sort of wrote for uh, artists as well. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think he, he wrote, I'm pretty sure he wrote... Um, What's that song called? You are so beautiful oh, to me. That's a Dennis Wilson song. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It's just everything about this album. It's just it's it's perfect kind of seventies sun-kissed Californian yeah. kind of like like you call it kind of like you know AM rock. Do you know what I mean? That kind of yeah. Fleetwood Mac um, kind of sound. It, it's it's incredible and i think out of all these albums this would be the one where you'll be like wow so how did you get into this album how did you discover um, it's not like an obvious one that you go i'm going to no, try no, and no, no, some no, no, i can't understand doing the beach boys or maybe even yeah. Brian wilson stuff but how did you get yeah. into that this one i mean it's, uh, do, do you know what this is that's that's a it's a bizarre story right like in in about 2000 and, oh, 2002 do you remember a band called a like British yes. rock band. They had a song called Nothing. Yep, I do yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Um, uh, I always loved A. I still love A. Me and my girlfriend went to see them a couple of years ago. They're still going. They're brilliant, right? Um, but the, uh, the, the album that Nothing was on was called Hi-Fi Serious. Right. And there was a track on there called Pacific Ocean Blue. Right. And there was a little bit um, on, on, on the inner sleeve of the A album, Hi-Fi Serious, the, the, there was like a, a few sentences about what each song was about. Yeah. And, and the song Pacific Ocean Blue, it, it, it said this, you know, this song's all about Dennis Wilson, one of the greatest drummers of all time, mm-hmm. um, you know, badass surfer. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, everyone should check out his, his debut solo album. And yeah. I always remember, I, I didn't know he'd released any 
you know solo music yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I, you know i kind of read that i kind of sort of kind of forgot about it and then a few years later i think I, I bought a copy of mojo or something like that i think it was mojo uncut and there was a massive um like retrospective look on this album because mm-hmm. i think in about 2007 it had, had like a deluxe reissue right um and it and it, and it it triggered a memory. I was like, oh my god, this is the album that A were talking about in that little bit in their album sleeve. And uh, I I had the album on CD um, that it got on the reissue, and I completely fell in love with it. Out of all the albums you've gone through, I think Silver Sun and yeah, this one. Yeah. Yeah, they'll, um, they'll be the two that I haven't heard order. before that yeah. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to listening to. Yeah. And it's, yeah, so basically I've got A to thank you, to thank for me <laughs> this album in a roundabout kind of way. <laughs> well, at first I thought you were going to say A1. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I did. That's what I really meant. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, that is that sounds right. So that's your number four, isn't it? Um, yep. Yep. Yeah. So. The top three, number three. Top, no, no, number three. Um, this is um, a band from 1992, Shock Horror. <laughs> For me, this is by far and away the greatest hip hop album ever made. Oh. Uh, <coughs> oh. You've made yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it was now that they only ever did one album. Uh, I saw them, as it turned out, because they was they supported U2 when I went to U2 at Wembley Stadium. The Zoo Tour. Yeah, the ZTV Tour. You said Scarf. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I wish I still had that, because that would probably be worth money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, this is, um, uh, they only ever did one album. And for me, it's the perfect melding of kind of public enemy style production with all yeah. those old funk samples and stuff, but with like Gil Scott Heron, like political poetry over the top on, yeah. on, on yeah. almost like a, I don't know, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X kind of level. Yeah. Uh, and it's a band called the disposable heroes of hypocrisy. Mm. And the album is yeah. called Hypo- hypocrisy is the greatest luxury. Uh, yeah, there's probably a, there there will be a song on here, track three, television, the drug of the nation. When you hear it, you'll be like, I remember this song. Yeah, that yeah. that song got played a lot at the time on Radio yeah. One and yeah. stuff like this. Uh, that's where you know. I'd, um, but yeah, it's it's so so perfect. And again, like I was saying about the Public Enemy, it hasn't dated for me. I try not to listen to this album that much because I, mm-hmm. I want to still see it as a treat. Yeah. But, you know, the lyrics, are f- they're funny, they're relevant, kind of biting, cutting, int- um, makes you think, uh, they're funny. Um, and, yeah, uh, uh, the, the vocalist, uh, Michael Franti, he went on to form a band after this called Spearhead, who got quite big right. in the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. And he's doing more kind of sort of folky stuff now, but yeah. this is kind of where he started, and yeah, it's it's faultless. And I yeah, I can't believe I've, I've 
I've been, I've been wanting a copy of it on vinyl for years, and I found it in, in a record shop in Cambridge that's not there anymore. And it was more like, you know, when you're crate digging, you, you're just looking through, yeah. so, oh, yeah. and then, you you know, an album pops up that you've wanted on vinyl for ages, yeah. and, and your heart your heart goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I had yeah. it with me. I was like, oh, my God, yeah, I couldn't well, believe it. You do it. that thing when you suddenly say, I wonder if they've got that. They won't have it. Yeah, and they have oh, it. Oh, they've got it. <laughs> <laughs> they've got it you know, yeah, they have it for a good price. Sold. But yeah, that's... If I could, you know, if someone said to me, recommend me a hip-hop album, this would be the one I'd recommend. Even for people that aren't really into hip-hop, I think they yeah. would get a lot out of this album. You know, it's track three, television, the drug of the nation. You'll remember that song. Yeah, cool. It's, cool. It's, right, it's classic. All time classic. Right. So, I mean, what's been so brilliant about your top 20 is how eclectic it is and so um, unexpected, but also yeah. so difficult to predict. Which I'm, I'm sure that you also thought he goes. He's never going to get any of these. He's never going to. Yeah, yeah. I've got these. In. So what's the top? I'm so sort of now intrigued. What's going to happen? The top two. Um, yeah. Number two. Number two. Um, it's possibly one of the one of the most one of the biggest kind of about turn 180 degree turns in. Well, I would say in music, but certainly in 80s music. Mm-hmm. This band, uh, like, by the time they got to the mid-80s, this band were legit, huge, kind of pretty much global superstars. Mm-hmm. And they followed it up. They followed their biggest album up with an album that at the time was was called Commercial Suicide. Yeah. But for me, it, it kind of paved the way for artists like Radiohead, like albums like OK Computer, like Kid A, yeah. bands yeah. like, say, Mogwai, and stuff mm-hmm. like this, you know, you know, kind of interesting, like, I don't know, almost jazz-infused, post-rock um, albums that can take you on a journey. And the, the band I'm talking about is Talk Talk. Right. Like... You know, by the mid '80s, they were huge. They'd had life, life's what you make it. They'd had it's yeah. my life, which is obviously yeah. huge, huge pop songs. Yeah. And they followed, they followed it up with an album called Spirit of Eden. Now. Yeah, I've heard of this album. I've heard of and what you're saying. Yeah. I've sort of read about this sort of different turn in direction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 got six songs on it. Wow. There's barely a, there's barely any vocals. Mm-hmm. And you probably you listen to this and you're like, oh, that's where Radiohead got all their ideas. <laughs> yeah. Um. And a, a lot, a lot of those kind of bands, like you know, pe- people like, you know, I'd call them, you know, like Thinking Man's, you know, people like Tom York and stuff like that. This is the album they go, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a mu- it's like a musician's album. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, like a connoisseur's kind of choice, yeah. You know, you yeah. Know. Um, and it, you know, I can't imagine, like, I don't know, being a Talk Talk fan and, and loving the kind of because I love their early stuff, you know, that kind of yeah. sophisticated synth pop, yeah. You know, yeah. it's unbelievable, you know, and it still sounds great, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's my, I mean, it's my life, it's just it's fantastic, great. it's a it's brilliant song, song. I mean, yeah, so, yeah. um. 
but, you know, but if, and I can't imagine what it must have been like being a Talk Talk fan who was into that and then going out and buying their new album and going, what? This, it's what, it's what so it? it's so yeah. different. The Especially in that the... commercial part of the eighties, yeah. that mid eighties yeah. is a real com. The, 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 oh, God, every yeah. artist was going as commercial sounding as yeah. they possibly could, really, weren't they? Um, yeah, so, uh, and 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 the fact that you know they the, the um they decided that they never toured again after Lights What You Make It. They never toured this album or the or the album after it that was their last album. Uh, I think um, like Parlophone didn't want to release it. They were like. There's no, you know, there's no singles on it, mm. you know, you know, but, you know, there's, there's, but in terms of like a solid body of work from listening to it from front to back. Yeah. In, in a lot of ways, this possibly is the greatest album ever made. Yeah. You know, the only, you know, obviously it's at my number two. That's because, you know, the number one album is has so many more things attached to it for me. Because I, I didn't get into this album. I never heard of this album until, mate, I don't know, 10 years ago. Oh, right. I, so I, it's quite, I for read, you, it's quite a recent find. It is, yeah. It's pretty, when it came out in 88, 89. Yeah. And, but, yeah, I, you know, it was just one of those albums that I, I'd read some articles about it. And I was like, I need to check this out. This sounds like a bit yeah. of me. Because it was talking about that it, invent, it basically invented post-rock. With yeah. bands like, you know, you know, Mogwai. You know, I love the fact that in 2021, Mogwai have had a number one album. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, the Scottish kind of instrumental post-rock band have been going 25 years. They had a number one album this year. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, but, you know, massive influence on, like, you know, bands like, you know, Radiohead, Biffy in a kind of way, they're more sort of soundscapey stuff. But, yeah, certainly bands like Mogwai and stuff like that. Yeah. If you've never heard this album, mate, I implore oh. you. Oh, listen, to it. I, I would say it's it's an album you need to sit down a little. No distractions. Yeah, you need to, you, yeah. It's not and I can imagine it's with, also an album. I've also imagined it's an album that yeah. What you're gonna? Well, sorry, I interrupt you. What you're gonna say is not an album you can be doing other things while you're no, listening no, to. No, 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 no. It's um, not. And I it's, imagine it's, it's a not, growth. It's not a, jagged, it's not a jagged little pill. Right? <laughs> you, you, know, you can't. You know. I imagine it's a growth oh, yeah, as well. Completely. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Um, so was any singles it, released off it? Was any singles uh, released off it? I think there was. Well, I think I think an edited version of "I Believe in You" was released off it, but it wasn't a hit. It wasn't a particularly big hit. You know, the album wasn't a particularly big hit either. And you know, this was their last album they released on Parlophone. Right. Uh, the album, the album after this uh, that turned out to be their last album was called Laughing Stock. It was actually released on a jazz label. Oh. You know, and apparently, you know, the the, the way that uh, Laughing Stock was written, because um, he he made it with like. Because it was Mark Hollis, he was Talk Talk, the guy that wrote the yeah. songs and sung. He basically made uh, laughing stock with like jazz session players, and 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 they all had to play their parts kind of separately on their own without any backing tracks in their headphones. They were given a rough musical outline and told to express themselves. Oh, and they had to record it in the dark as well. So I imagine that album's a little bit on the odd side as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's wonderful. It's you know, it's a, it's, it's you know, it would be, it would, that wouldn't be, you know, I love Laughing Stock as a, as a, as a work of art. It's, it's, mm. it's incredible, but it's almost a companion piece to this. I would say, you know, yeah. live with, live with this album, Spirit of Eden. Listen to it for six months and yeah. then venture to Laughing Stock because if you went into Laughing Stock cold, 
you you wouldn't you just you wouldn't get it. You wouldn't even yeah, it, it would yeah. sound like a mess to your ears. You know. Cool. So but, that yeah. spirit of Eden talks talk is definitely one I need to check out then. Yeah. Um, and actually, yeah. I, I, Talk Talk is a band that I think I should check out. I've never really. I mean, I love those two singles that you were talking about. It's my life's a great song. Uh, um, actually, you make um, it. Yeah, yeah, it's a great song too. Um, so I need it's a band that I should check out really, maybe from yeah. the beginning and go through yes. it because I think then, yeah. then sometimes when you get to you'll their later the albums, yeah, you'll yeah, see the progression. And sometimes yeah. when you get to their later albums, um, that makes it, you know, you 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 can accept them more sometimes yeah. as well. No, uh, I even think, I even think a band like the Beatles actually. Somebody says, "What's the Beatles album I should listen to?" I sometimes think. Start from the beginning and work your way through them is the be- almost the best option. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it sounds like talk talk about type of band too. So oh, they are completely yeah yeah. So what, number one. Right, my number yeah. one. Number one, the big number one, Gareth. What is well, it? Basically, you know, if I was saying, you know, like my head says, you know, talk talk spirit of Eden is yeah. possibly the greatest, mate. But my heart. Because of everything that's attached to this album, yeah. for me, this is the greatest album ever made. From 1994, it was um, album of the year in a lot of magazines, uh, like Kerrang! I think Metal Hammer gave it their album of the year. Uh, Enemy, it was up pretty high. But it is um, the album Trouble Gum from Therapy. Therapy, wow. And it... The album was The Hit Factory. It had six singles off it. Um, so I think two top ten hits. The album was like top five. Yeah. yeah. Um, they were kind of omnipresent on all the festivals that year. And there, Again, it was, there were another one of those bands that united the tribes. The metalheads loved them because they were kind of yeah. heavy enough. Uh, the punk kids loved them because that you know they had a lot of that kind of like 70s british punk undertones yeah. kind of vibes the indie kids liked them because they had pop choruses even yeah. the chart people liked them because they, they had they had bona fide hits they were on top of the yeah. pops a lot in the mid-90s yeah, man you, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. you know i mean you know scream ages you know, scream ages the one yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the one yeah. that's, that's, that's the one track two yeah, on yeah. that song it's it's wonderful. Uh, that song, it fascinates me because it's basically a pop song wrapped in kind of serrated barbed wire with yeah. like, you know, big kind of big metal, almost Metallica-esque guitars. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of stop-start riff, that it's got a pop chorus. I've got nothing to do but hang yeah, around yeah. and get screwed up on. Yeah, and it's... That they had undeniable pop hooks. They came from that era of like the seventies kind of punk singles, like your Buzzcocks and early Clash and the Stranglers. Yeah. You know, they were all about you know a big art. You know, they they had quite a Thin Lizzy influence as well, writing those big kind of pop hooks. Yeah. And there was something about there was this album was soundtrack so many kind of amazing periods of my life, and it was it's it's the album I've always gone back to if I've been in a good place. If I've been in a bad place, it soundtracked so many good times. And I've been I've been very fortunate to see therapy a lot over the years. And they've always been great live. But I actually it was about eight years ago. I I uh, the singer Andy Cairns, he, he he lives in Cambridge. Funnily enough, oh, right. <laughs> that's done quite a few years. He, he, he played an acoustic gig in Cambridge. And I supported him doing an acoustic. Oh, amazing. Amazing. It was, it was unbelievable. 
and he, yeah. he came up to, he came up to me afterwards i was outside having a cigarette and he came up to me and he said i, I really like your stuff you remind me of of like and he, he, he name checked two of my kind of musical influences it was like mm-hmm. chuck reagan from hot water music and ricky warwick it was a singer of the almighty yeah and you know I, I nearly wept. My knees just went. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. And, and I was just like, oh my God, you know, the singer from one of my favourite bands, you know, my favourite album of all time, you know, is telling me that he really liked my stuff. It, it, it blew my mind. And he, yeah, and he was so yeah. lovely and normal and approachable, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, How many albums people, did they do therapy in the end? I mean, they're, st- they're still going. They released yeah, now. Right. I think they're, they're recording their 18th album at the minute. Wow. Still going. You wouldn't have thought. You wouldn't have thought that, would you? you no, that they, 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 so their time in the sun was brief. It was like it was this album, the album after it, Infernal Love. Mm-hmm. They virtually they they were made. People forget, right? Therapy was so big in 1995, right? At, at Monsters at Donington that year, at Monsters of Rock, mm-hmm. Therapy were main support to Metallica. Wow. They were above every other band on the bill that year. The only band above them was Metallica. That's how big they were. And then the album after that was called Semi Detached. Had a sing- had a they had a big hit called Church of Noise off it. Um, but then after that, they they went back onto the, like the the indie labels and the smaller labels. But they never split. They kept on going, and they're they're they've been so consistent. You know. Amazing. Yeah. Number one album. My number one album of all time. I tell you, what was brilliant about that top twenty was how eclectic it was and so unpredictable um i can't say that for my top 10 <laughs> anyway quickly if you'd like to uh just run through that 10 that last 10 for me please yeah no worries no worries mate uh right in at number 10 it was uh, van halen 1984 uh, number nine it was curb dog on the turn number eight bruce springsteen born to run from 1975 uh number seven was a self-titled debut album from silver sun uh, number six was DJ Shadow, introducing. Number five, uh, R.E.M., New Adventures in Hi-Fi. Number four, Dennis Wilson, Pacific Ocean Blue. Number three, Disposable Heroes of Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is the greatest luxury. Number two was Talk Talk and Spirit of Eden. And number one, the greatest album of all time, from 1994, it's Therapy Trouble Gum. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. And that number three is a, is a right tongue twister as well, isn't it? <laughs> In a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right then, let's crack on and move on to my top ten. Now, I thought we'd double up more, but we haven't at all, apart from no. one. And it, ah. I could tell you what, it's not the one I was expecting. Is it Mega City 4? <laughs> it's Madonna like a prayer. You had it at number eleven. I've got it at number ten. So we both. That's really mad. That's mad. Album, <laughs> yes, and yeah. probably a little bit, um, you know, the only female artist I've got in the top twenty. But she is my favourite female artist yeah. of all time. I, 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 and I'm all Madonna's eighty stuff, ninety stuff. Um, I've got all of her albums. I've even, you know, I get her latest albums as well. I still got them all on CD. But this was the one. I was a bit of a late to the party to Madonna. I was, it was strangely the Dick Tracy film. So no, I used to like, yeah, 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 I used to like the, some of the, couple of the songs out of the Dick Tracy film. So I bought the I'm Breathless 
the Donna album, which is a solo album. It's all her song. And it's got Vogue on it as well. And I always liked Vogue. So I've got that. Hanky Panky. Hanky Panky. Not one of them. And then... Sorry, but Hanky Panky, it's not great, but it was the number two hit. Yeah, it was. And actually, I went to see her live on her American Life tour. And she did that live. Hanky Panky. Really? Can you believe Wow. She did that tour because the album hadn't gone down so well. Normally with Madonna, she actually sticks to her albums. She's not, she doesn't bang out the hits on live tours as you would think. She doesn't, uh, she doesn't yeah. bang out the hits. And her previous tour had been majority just tracks off music and Ray of Light. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this tour, yes, she did do stuff off American Life. She'd die another day. But she wow. did. She did, um, <laughs> she did lots of the hits, like A Prayer, um, oh, nice. Don't Preach, and she did do Hanky Panky, strangely enough. But um, but anyway, so Like A Prayer, we were talked about it in, our, in part one uh, of this yeah. two-parter. Um, it's one of those albums that every song's really good on it, that yep. every song yep. could have been released as a single. Yep. Um, yep. And in the song, it's her most eclectic album. It has that sort of la- slightly, it's got that 80s vibe to it, but we're just coming out of the 80s. So it's not such yeah. cheesy production as maybe no. or such no, dated no. production as 80s stuff is. Her stuff never does sound too dated. It does a bit, but not too bad. Um, yeah. But it's got some, she's almost like she's playing more with a live band, a little bit more of proper instruments, proper drums. Yeah. Um, I always prefer this version of Express Yourself to the remixed version she released as a single. Um, And no, I think it's cherished. It's an absolute, one of her best singles, I think. Dear Jess is underrated. Dear Dear Jess is a forgotten classic. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh Father is a great song. It's a very personal album as well. I don't think she's really matched this. Probably Ray of Light is the closest she's ever matched. It's close. But like a prayer, uh, it's one of those albums. I just like every single track on it. I don't get bored of listening to it. Nope. The actual title track is an absolute classic, probably her best ever song. Um, one of those songs that's a worthy number one. You know how some yes. songs you look at that yep. and go, how really? that not go to number one? You know, exactly. it went up a tour yeah. and you look yeah. down the list and you think, oh, there were some bad number ones that year. Um, in 1989 <laughs> Right then, so it's not the highest pop album. At uh, this is the highest pop album. Now I'm gonna make the confession here that some of the listeners will go, "What? I am a big fan of Robbie Williams. I've got to say, I've always liked him. I will buy every album of his. I still do. I've got to see him live a couple of times. I went to Nebworth back in the back in 2003, I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this particular album is in my top ten albums of all time. And it's his third album, Sing When You're Winning. Now, this is he was so big at the time, Gareth, he didn't need to put his name or track listing on this CD. <laughs> no, I know, it's amazing, isn't it? 
Um, I love this album. This is one of those albums that, for me, is almost a perfect pop album. And I think it really gets that Robbie Williams-Guy Chamber partnership perfectly. He was so big at this time. I know some people prefer Life Through a Lens, or I've been expecting you, which are still great albums. I think that first three albums are really good, really oh, strong. They are so rock strong. Albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I would argue that his his more recent stuff is a little bit it's a little bit excessive. His excessiveness sometimes, or his eccentricities come out a little bit too much. But yeah. I think he still was reining it in enough to, to make these great pop albums. This has got Rock DJ on it, which is a song I hated when I first heard it. And then <laughs> I heard it I heard it in a nightclub in Birmingham and it sounded so good. He was so big at the time. They would play his stuff in nightclubs and it went down so well. Yeah. And that sort of bass and something you know when you just suddenly get a song? Oh I think like, I got it for the first thirty seconds. I was like, what a tune. Uh, I mean, I, I find Robbie Williams yeah. stuff does grow on you. Uh, I have to listen to it a few times. But this has got rock DJs. It's got Kids, the duet from Cut With Cardi Minogue on it, which is a great song. It's got The Road to Mandalay, one of his most, which actually is a number one single. Uh, it was yeah. a double A side of Eternity, which is not on this. And Eternity is not my least favourite song. But the Road oh, to Mandalay is lost. I always liked it. I always liked Eternity. I thought it was a great song. Oh, anyway. Yeah. But Road to Mandalay is on this. Let Love Be Your Energy is on this, which is that sort yeah. of very... Psych- a psychedelic rock song and it's got brilliant album tracks on this better man how that was never released as a single yeah i will yeah. never actually better man is going to be the name of the biopic film that is being yeah. made <laughs> which is crazy he is best-selling albums artist of all time solo artist of all time in this country yeah. Yeah, so about five albums in the top 150 best-selling albums of all time. I think more than any other artist. Yeah. Um, so what he's what he's achieved and done, I think, gets slightly overlooked because people can't get over Robbie Williams. If you see yeah, that's the I mean. problem. That's the problem. It's like it's, it's like the way I see it is like you know when Robbie's you know departed departed this this planet. Do you know what I mean? What's going to live on? The music and the music. Yeah. It's timeless. They're timeless pop songs. Yeah, you yeah. can't, you know, for the, from now until the end of time, right? Weddings and funerals, you will hear angels. Guaranteed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. From now until the end of time, you know, those songs, man, those songs, they're undeniable, man. Yeah. Regardless of what you think of Robbie, and, you know, I've been quite vocal over the years of how much I think he's a bit of a brick. But yeah. at the end of the day, what do you want from your pop stars? Yeah, you know, yeah. you know, do you want that? Do you want that, or do you want Will Young? Do you know what I mean? It's like well, the trouble is, it's one of those things when people are a bit too clean cut, they get moaned at. When they're a bit over the top and arrogant, they get moaned at. And yeah, I think with I think with Robbie Williams, he, because he came from Take That and didn't come from Oasis, I think he was always a bit sniffed at. But I, I mean, you can't deny that he didn't just come overnight as no, his no. album sold. That when Life Through the Lens was a flop when it first Yeah, uh, up until, I mean, I mean, was it south on the border? You know, barely scraped the top 20, and everyone was like, that's it, he's done. Career's finished. Yeah. yeah. But it was right, because he, Angel. Angel, he had angels. Like, he knew, he knew, yeah. he knew. Yeah, you know, and he released just, 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 right just you wait until <laughs> I release yeah. the, fourth, the third yeah. single off this album, yeah. The, the, yeah, and um, 
Yeah, but I, I love this album. But also, the period of the life, my life this came out, 2000, 2001, there was a few little things that went on. And this is one of those albums that actually picked me up as well. And it's got some quite melancholy tracks on it as well. So it has that balance. Um, if it's hurting you, uh, singing for the lonelies on this as well. It's a, it's a really consistently good pop album. And at this point in time, he was in his, his prime. But even now, even now, when... I mean, he released the Christmas album, which was a double album, which was odd. Um, yeah. But the album before that, the Heavy Entertainment Show, which I'm not a massive fan of that album, but it's got a couple of songs on that that you think. Yeah. He's got this song called Mixed Signals, which he did with The Killers. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard you met The Killers. It's yeah, an yeah. absolute, it's a cracking song. And, um, yeah, Sing When You're Winning is my number, is, is one of my favourite albums of all time. And you know what, Gareth? I'm not ashamed to say. It is no, no, brilliant. Mate, you know, we're all singing from the same hymn sheet, man. You like what you like, and there's no yeah, yeah, yeah. that. You know, well, actually, you know, I've, play, always play. Known, I've always known with you, actually, you're one of the people that actually, when I say to you, Look, I really like Robbie Williams, and, and, and you're one of those people that go, yeah. Look, I get it, I get it, I know what yeah, I yeah, totally get. Totally, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, the way, the way I see it is like, you know, you know, I, I, I listen to, you know, you know, insert you know, cool band here. Like I don't know, you know, I listen to Tool. I love yeah. David Bowie. You know, but yeah. you know what? I fucking love Shaking Steams as well. He's brilliant, yeah. right? Yeah. I was, yeah. I was watching, I was watching top. You know, you know, I said like, you know, the thing that me and Prindy like, we watch old top, yeah. you know, the old top of the pops. Yeah, on BBC yeah. Four. They're up to ninety. You know, um, we were watching the catch up ones on the iPlayer last night, and it was, it was, it was one from like Christmas nineteen ninety. Best Christmas of them all criminally for- forgotten <laughs> track. I still remembered all the lyrics I'm singing a Christmas song at the end of May I don't care you know it's shaky you know yeah. you know, I, you know I, I love I love Phil Collins there should yeah, be no shame in that don't feel yeah. it but you know you know you can like you're supposedly cool music that's that's great man but music is music is music I love Girls Aloud you know yeah. but I also love you know um therapy yeah I also love therapy exactly you know, yeah, you know yeah. I, I you know, I love, I love Take That, and, but I also love, you know, Anthrax. Yeah, it's yeah. Great, man. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's great. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And I think sometimes you've got to, I think people do, and it happens at school a lot, people get very bogged down in what's called at the time. And, yep. Um, yep. and actually, I've got a little bit of a story about when we get to something a bit later, actually. So I'll save that for that. So I'm going to move on to my number eight. And so we're going to yep. move away from... We're going to move to another big pop album of the not a big pop album, another big indie album of the 90s, a big Brit pop album. That's what I'm looking for. And actually, the album that's funny enough was released on the same day as Robbie Williams' Life Through a Lens. And who would know that both of these albums are in the top 100 best selling albums of all time in this country? Life Through a Lens by Robbie Williams is, as is Urban Hymns by The Birth. And that, mm. that's at number eight. Now, oh. It, is a, it was a plain to death album, but it's another yeah. album that really, really got. I mean, I think it was a complete antithesis, antithesis to Be Here Now by Oasis. And I always maintain that this was the album people thought that Oasis may come up with next, this type of thing, rather than the yeah. big overblow rock album. Um, but I've always liked the Verve Urban Hymns. Uh, I like the Verve as a band. I've never being that massive on their other albums i've listened to them i like i love history which is on the oh yeah albums. northern yeah northern, northern soul. soul that's that's my favorite uh, album. Yeah. i don't know a lot of people do have have that as their favorite 
uh, albums. Almost like been reevaluated a little bit at all and sold as the years have gone. Yeah, it has. It has. Uh, yeah. Um, and a lot, a lot of this you can see was going to be a Richard Ashcroft solo album. Yeah, it was. I think, I, think that was, I think that was always my kind of slight issue with it. Because I, I, I've not, I, I've, I have not liked any of Richard Ashcroft's solo stuff. I think it's been right. very kind of, very like just corduroy grey, nothing like, yeah. I don't know, indie music for people who buy their albums in Asda. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very kind of like nice and inoffensive and just a bit, I don't know, kind of, I don't know. I mean, a lot of it was to do with, I think, the, the media kind of building him up as this kind of almost messiah kind of yeah. genius, yeah, which I don't yeah. think he was. I don't think he was. Um, and I think he, like, read too much of his own hyperbole and press and stuff. And he's not this great, important, all-time artist, I don't think. Mm. Far from it. But there was, there was a period... For me, you know, Northern Soul and, you know, some of the, some of the stuff on Urban Hymns, you know, again, it's, this is in that drawer with Morning Glory and Never Mind and Jagged Little Pill. Urban Hymns is mean. in there as well. I know what you mean, but I, 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 I just, I just love the sort of melancholy about it. Yeah, it's completely. Sort of, uh, and, and the two, you know, the couple of the two hit singles, Sweet Symphony and, lucky, and The Drugs Don't man. Work and Lucky Man, are great oh, singles man. as well. Amazing, uh, amazing. And Sonic's a great song as well. And yeah, it's yeah. one of those albums that sort of, you know, it's a long album and it sort of ebb and flows and you get that sort of quite sort of their jet. Because the birds are all about, a lot of the time, they're all about, they used to jam in the studio. Yeah, There's a couple of quite, songs like that. Whereas yeah, the majority of the ones, yeah, yeah. And a lot of the, the ones just written by Richard Ascroft are a little bit more melodic. And I like that mix that this album has, yeah, that possibly yeah. a Northern Soul does have, but not quite so much. Um, but no, for me, this is quite an important 90s album, Urban Hymns, one that a lot of us all listen to at uni a lot, um, but not quite enough for me to get so fed up with it, like some of the ones that used to be, <laughs> some of the early 90s ones. But um, yeah, yeah. let's move on to number seven. And number seven, now I've got two albums by this band in my top 20. And I said to you, there's a couple of albums in here where actually I like the band, I don't love the band. And so I've got The Bends by Radiohead as at number seven, because I love this album. <laughs> oh, yes, it's, 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 simple oh, as that. it's amazing. It is amazing. Every hit, there's five singles on this, and they're all yeah. amazing. And yeah, they're all amazing. So the album tracks, The Bends is a brilliant song. Um, Black Pla- Star, Nice the Dream. Plan- Planet Telex. Planet Telex. Oh, great amazing. song. Um, I prefer this to OK Computer because it oh, has yeah. a slightly more it has a slightly more anthemic Britpop yeah. style about it. Um, yeah. But I, I think just, uh, I love it. I think I think I think with the Benz, I think when when Radiohead were recording what turned out to be OK Computer, yeah. I'm sure I'm. I'm, I'm sure Parlophone thought they had the next U2 on their hands, and they were the next album after that. I think Parlophone were expecting like you know Joshua Tree, the grand statement. Yeah. You know, and as you know, and, and I'm sure the first time they heard OK Computer in the boardroom at, at Parlophone, I'm sure their heart sank. Yeah. I bet it did because they were like, "Where's the choruses? Yeah. Where you know, we, you know, you mean Kid okay, you mean Kid yeah. you mean? No, 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 no. Okay, computer. Because you know, yeah, like yeah, when, yeah. when, when the because the Benz was was huge, and everyone was like, yeah, okay, yeah. they're going to be like the next U two. Yeah, it was a slow burner of an album as well. It was, yeah. 
The, um, the only top the only top ten hit off it was the last single released off. Yeah, it, yeah, Street Spirit. And I bet when they when they were told the record company, oh, what's your first single going to be? Is it going to be Calm the Police? Lucky? No, uh, Paranoid Android. <laughs> wow, well, okay, it's six and a bit minutes. Yeah. Um, Wonderful. But, yeah, but I, I love this album. It's got great album tracks, great singles off it. It's one of those albums you don't get fed up with. Um, no. It was a quite no. slow burner, and even now I listened to the best of Radiohead. I'm just yeah. randomly and, and the ones I prefer are all the ones off this off yeah. this album because yeah. uh, so yeah. yeah just of course how can you know yeah. it's become one of the most popular songs really over the yeah, years yeah yeah great and video so, to just as well yeah 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 um and such a change from their previous album as well it's a role yeah. story, you know nobody would have thought they would have come up with this no man they were already time. just they were already dismissed off that first album as the one hit wonder they yeah, oh they yeah. were going to be oh it was that band that had that song that sounded like nirvana you know creep yeah yeah they had you know, creep that, yeah, was yeah. it you know you know i didn't mean, I, 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 I like the first album i think Pablo album it's yeah, you know, it's a bit patchy it's a bit patchy but yeah. there was some you know anyone can play guitar is a great song yeah yeah um, but to but, go from that though to okay computer in a period i know of, i know right and I think that's probably why this album was dismissed initially, because, mm-hmm. and I think it was really people suddenly going, the singles were starting to release, and people going, actually, all these singles are really good. I think we should check out this album. You know, and the radio stations probably did a similar thing, going, yeah. oh, they're, they're doing good singles, this, this, this band. Um, so, right, so number six, and this is one that you're, you're going to love, that I've got at number six, and it's In It For The Money, Supergrass. What an album. I, I love um, this album. I do. Yeah. And this is one of those albums where you're like, why don't more people like this album? Because it's brilliant. Um, I always loved going out. I thought I always loved that single. That sort of yeah, it was like great. a single released the year before, just as a standalone type single, and they added it to the album as well. I'm so hoping at some point they're gonna re-release this on vinyl, because you know you're on about we were talking about how New Adventures in Hi-Fi is a lot of money on vinyl. This is a lot of money if you want to get yeah, this on vinyl. Yeah. Um, and I imagine the quality of the vinyl is poor because you can oh, get it. In, they, they, they released the box set, Supergrass did, and all yeah. the albums are on pictures. It's in the box set, but they never, yeah. they've only released I Should Coco as an independent app reissued yeah, album. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you would think that, you know, there's so many albums that you think, oh, you can buy that on vinyl, can and you can't buy yeah. an album like this off. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I love it for the money. Yeah. And I know you've Richard always the, liked it. Richard the first, and sun hits the sky. Uh, yeah. Cheap skate. Uh, yeah. it's so good. It's not me. And my favorite, if I think my favorite Supergirl song late in the day. I love that yeah. song. Wonderful, brilliant song. When they did, I went to see them live for their. Um, Around the mid noughties I went to see them live. And when they did the Road to Ruin Ruin album. Yeah, yeah. And it was all in that. And the two songs that really sounded fantastic live, sort of really atmosphere was moving. Nice. And later today, when that guitar comes in for later in the day, I couldn't guarantee they would do late in the day. It was one of those, it was a top twenty hit, but they they might not do late in the day, and they did. And yeah. it, it went down really well. Yeah, it, was, it sounded so good. We were this little um, one of the. It's like, I think it's 
it was something else now, but it used to be called the Carling Academy in Birmingham. And so okay. it wasn't a massive thing. And, I've, um, I've been to the Birmingham so, Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's it good, yeah, it's a good venue. A good little venue, and it, yeah, it sounded well, so good. That venue. Um, so I'm glad I, I never, saw them. I only ever saw them once, and it was um, it was the year that in it for the money came out. They played at uh, my first Reading Festival. Oh wow, amazing! Yeah, they were great, and they um, I bet uh, they they refused to play all right. All the crowds were like, going, play all right, play all right. And I think by, the, by that point in their career, they were sick of that song. And right so. I don't so. think they played all right when we went to see them, actually. No, no, they, no, they weren't. I wasn't bothered, though. I never really liked it anyway. I, you know, yeah. I love Ashley Coco, but I was never mm. like... It was It was like... it. it I find it fascinating when, when you get these kind of like big albums, because Ashley Coco was massive. Yes, massive was. album. I remember you right? getting it. I remember being yeah, in your book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, um, but that was the song that people latched onto. It was all right. It wasn't, you know, I don't know. I mean, because that was all right. It was a double A side with time. Yeah, and time is much, it's a yeah, much better yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. all right. But all right no, was the one. Yeah. It, and they almost they, when they approached to do some sort of t- like a monkeys like yeah. TV show and all that yeah, type of yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, with, um, really with, tried to push yeah. Supergrass, didn't they? Yeah, that was Spielberg. Spielberg went to Supergrass because he wanted to do a show about them. Yeah. That is that. And that is that. Yeah. And it's, it's always slightly surprised me that this album didn't... It went to number two in the album chart. The Charlatans Telling Stories was released on the same day. And I thought it was going to happen the other way around was going to happen. I thought that this was going to be the number one album and Telling Stories would be number two. I think it was quite close. The Charlatans yeah. one. But this album, reviewed brilliantly, never... Yeah did as well that I thought it was going to. 97 was still a fairly big rip-pop year. So it wasn't like, we were, you know, 98 was when it really started to go downhill. It went downhill quite quickly. But yeah, it beginning of 97, when this came out, was still, rip-pop was relatively riding high and it didn't do as well as I thought it was going to do. No, no, it, no, it didn't. It's, it's, um, it's a case of if you know, you know, I guess, you know, it's the Connoisseurs Supergrass album. Yeah, choice, yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it's. I mean, I've always yeah, liked Supergrass. It is their best. Um, yeah. For me, it's their best album. I love it. Um, mm. Right. So number five. There's this little album you may have heard of. It's called <laughs> Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band by the Beatles. Now. Is it? Wow. Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> this album. So I've started getting into the Beatles, and I've saved up my pocket money. And yeah. I went and got my dad. Okay, I, I said to the dad, Dad, at lunchtime, do you reckon you could go down to Woolies yeah. and get me That's Sergeant nice. Pepper? So he did, went and got Sergeant Pepper, and I played it straight away. I was so excited to come out. It was in this nice, it was the 1987 version of the CD. Yeah. Well, it was about yeah. 91, I think. Yeah. And it was in a nice set with a nice booklet. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. I played it, and I hated it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, "What is this? What is yeah. this? I should have got a hard day's night. Well, you know, I should have bought one of the older and and I brought it. My dad, I can remember my dad saying, well, "What do you think of it?" And I'm like, "I don't like it, then. I really don't like it." He goes, <laughs> oh. and he was going to go and take it back and swap it for me, and. I, I thought, oh, I'll go up and play it again. I'll go up and play it again. You know what he's like? Yeah. And the second time I was like, 
No, I think I'm going to keep it. I think I'm going to keep it. Um, I think I'm going to keep it. Uh, my God, I've played this album loads. I've played it so much. <laughs> I love um, it. It's an absolute, uh, you know, it's a proper album. That You know, things are, you know, actually, funny enough, we were talking about one of the things I liked about Progress by Take That and, is, is, and why I wanted to have a more contemporary album in there. It felt, when I listened to Progress, it felt like it was a proper album, which people don't do anymore, where all the tracks lead into one. They've had a real yeah, thought of, yeah. they've had a real yeah. sit down. And who would have thought about a so-called boy band? The real sit down yeah. and gone, this is how the album should, should, should go out. You know, the track listing. Yeah, exactly. And with, this album, yeah. with this album, this is one of the first albums that you can really sort of think the band has sat there and gone, this is how this album is going to play out. The Beatles yeah. were always great at opening tracks and closing tracks. They really always knew, even from the very beginning, when Please Please Me, as I saw her standing there starting it and twist yeah. and shout it, always knew how to open and close an album and this one with even though Sgt Pepper is not one of their best songs it's got a great it's really introducing the atmosphere of the album that is ending with Day in the Life which was quite a very dark moody song it sort of ends it on a slight sort of oh right unsettling note but it's almost like an encore because you have the reprise and then a Day in the Life a lot of people think Day in the Life is the best ever beaten song um, it's, it's up there for me. It's, it's definitely up there for me. It's incredible. It, it melds what Lennon and McCartney could do so well because they're both involved in it. It's, I mean, the majority of songs on this are McCartney songs. McCartney is yeah. main. The, you know, sings I mean, three in a row at one point. One, two, three, four, five of the 13 songs of McCartney yeah. songs. Um, then you've got one George, one that Ringo sings, and then the rest are, are Lennon and one, A Day in the Life is Lennon and McCartney. So it is, and the idea, actually six songs, I think, because I've, I've missed out when I'm 64, so six of McCartney's songs. So, um, and this was always McCartney's idea. This was McCartney's yeah, sort baby, of wasn't it? Yeah. concept, which obviously yeah. with the Beatles, they always had to all agree if they were going to go yeah. forward with something. Yeah. But yeah. sounds great. I love the the stereo, the original stereo version of it, where you've got some, some vocals coming out one speaker and yeah. not the other. I know with the remix in 2017, they sort of make put it through a put it through um, modern equipment to have the vocals yeah. come more from the centre and make it sound more like a modern album. I still mm. prefer the, the original stereo version, just uh, maybe because yeah. it's what I'm used to. Um, yeah. Even though yeah. I do love the remixes for the White Album Abbey Road, but um, it's a phenomenal album. Is you know people have talked about it. Day in, day out. And the other people I've yeah. got to thank about getting into the Beatles is your your mum lent yeah. me 1962 to 66 and 
Yeah. They're in pretty good condition. Your mum and dad take yeah. their records. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they um, did. And I taped them, and that was those recordings of those two compilation albums. I played so many times. Mm. I played over and over again. And oh, they're unbelievable. That, unbelievable compilations. They are. They have too many. They don't have enough revolver tracks on them. That's the only problem with 62 to 66. It has yeah, loads of true. tracks and only yeah. the two singles from Revolver. Strange. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's bizarre. But 67 to 71, especially. Yeah, I think it's amazing. Yeah. That's possibly, the greatest, five... on, say, say... No, no, possibly the greatest compilation of all time, 67 to 70. Yeah, I think so. I think I, I would have swapped out Old Brown Shoe, which was a B-side, yeah. a strange choice, yeah. a bit in Blackbird. Instead. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah there's only three songs, that. all Dear Prudence. There's only three songs from the White Album on 67 yeah. to 70. Um, but apart from that, it's it's perfect. It's yeah, perfect. It's perfect. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um, number four, and this is, I can't believe you didn't have this in. This is <laughs> part, I thought this was a guaranteed, a guaranteed. Yeah. Um, one of those albums. I absolutely love, always have done. I was a bit, little bit late to the party with it, as I sometimes am. I was with the Wastes, definitely, maybe, as well. Yeah, yeah. But once I got this on CD, strangely enough, whereas Oasis, everybody used to play this at school. Blur didn't so much in my school. I don't know why. People were yeah. into it. You didn't go into a common room and Blur was being played all the time. People did play this, but for some reason, I don't know why, but everybody seemed no. to like Blur, but it never was played in their common room that much. But no, Blur, no. life. Absolutely love great tra- album tracks on it, great hits. Album yeah. tracks like Bad Head, um, Bad Trouble in the Messy Center. Oh, yeah. why is this is a low, not a single? It's even uh, on their best of albums, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, all four singles are I good. Think, I don't, I think, I think EMI wanted to release this as a low, but but the band were like, no, because by that point they were already recording The Great Escape, you know, they didn't want a fifth single, no, no, well, it was, it was uh, like Oasis. It was like yeah, Oasis, because I think, you know, they wanted to release Slide Away. Yeah. But they ended up releasing whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so uh, I said Oasis are another band. It's oh, why didn't they release that as a single? Why didn't they release that as a uh, single? But uh, they could have really... They put, a lot of these bands could have had more number one singles than... They, yeah. They, they should have. Yeah. They had, should have had, Oasis should have had more number one singles than they did. Really, yeah. Bad luck of when they release stuff. When it's not, when it's not, you know, the the way I look at it is 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 the fact that you know, I think this this country this country has always, you know, been going up the swanee because you even go back to 1995, more people bought Robson and Jerome's, um, I believe, than Wonderwall. Yeah. Where's the justice in that? More people bought Robson and Jerome than common people. You know, it's the way it's always been like that. It's always been like you go through the charts in years, there's always what did that come from? You know, you know, it could be so, you know, like songs, you know, any numbers, there's been some insane number twos, you know. I want, especially watching all these top of the pops and stuff like this, you know, like, you know, the rubbish that that got to number one, you know, the. The rubbish that held off amazing songs I've got to number yeah, two, like, it's, it's, like so, but it, it's not just happened, it didn't just happen in the sort of right, it happened throughout, you know. Why yeah, did, you know, why did uh, 
Clive Dunn get to number one was grand granddad or grandpa, whatever yeah. they were song and yeah. all that. And, you know, oh, like, um, Engelbert Humperdinck held, held off. You know, he got to number one with Please Release Me, and Penny yeah. Lane got to number two. Yeah, that's the way. You know, it's the way it goes at times. And that one of the, the, the Engelbert Humperdinck would have appealed to people that probably would afford to buy records from our grandparents. Yeah. Yeah, all that true, type of thing. So, but later on, I mean, 1990, you look at that and you got Bombard Arena getting a number one. You get um, Partners in Crime, Turtle Power went to number yeah, one. Yeah, well, I can kind of understand that because that was a craze. Yeah. You know, turtles everywhere that yeah, year. They were. Yeah, they were. Quite, yeah, you know, yeah. quite who bought Bomb, you know, because you think that Bomb Ballerina would have had to have sold hundreds of thousands of oh, copies, yeah, right? Yeah, it was sold pretty well to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, Amazing. You know, you know, but you know, who would have bought it? But it was that they you always got those summer novelty hits that people mm. would go away on holiday, they would hear like, you know, out here brothers or yeah. what was your you know, dupe. Remember dupe? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, people would hear these songs on the holiday. And I I, I it fascinates me that mindset. When they get home, they're like, you know what I'm gonna go and buy? I'm gonna go ah, and buy to that. I've got <laughs> I, I, I need to go and buy Scatman John. Because <laughs> I heard every day in that nightclub, and I need to have it for my collection. You know. Well, I suppose a little bit. A lot of the albums that we've picked is to do with nostalgia, and people, some, and people often, I suppose, go to these holidays at a great time. They want to almost have those songs to bring back that nostalgia, and and a lot of those songs <laughs> do for people. Yeah. It baffles me, but I think that's probably a similar. It's a similar way, but right. So number four was Part Life. And you yeah. didn't have that in your top 20, Gareth. It's unbelievable. I thought yeah, that was a dead cert. Yeah. I really did. But I, I, imagine again, it was, I imagine it was bubbling. Yeah, it was bubbling under. Again, it was the. It was like definitely maybe. It was the kind of, I'd rinsed them so much yeah. that, you know, it's 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 complete over familiarity. You know, I, I, you know, I'm not saying that they're bad albums. They're obviously not. They're, they're absolutely incredible all-time classics. But, you know, are they albums that I can still put on every couple of weeks and really enjoy? No, I'll listen to Part Life maybe once a year, and it's yeah. great. You know, like definitely maybe I'll listen to it maybe once a year, twice a year yeah. now, and it's great, it's wonderful. But then it's you know I won't listen to it again because I, I I just can't I I overkilled on them. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I overkilled on them yeah. like a lot of people did. You know, and I know and I know you being how, how you are, you would have. Probably more than me, you had almost played him on a loop. I did play him on a loop. Yeah. yeah. Morning Glory didn't come off my CD deck for months. You know, <laughs> you know it, it was, yeah. It's the way yeah. it was. I mean, I, I, I played, well, well, we'll talk about, we might talk about that in a minute. So I'm going to move on to number three. So I've got, and also actually, we, we've got a already in the can, um, Gareth and I will be going through our Blur and Oasis, favourite Blur and Oasis albums. Which is a yeah. real interesting thing. So we're going to count yeah. down all the Blur albums, count down all the Wasteless albums, and um, yeah, it was really good. We had a really good time. So hopefully that will be coming up for you at some point to listen to. Now, my number three is the White Album by the Ah uh, yes. Now, this was an album. This was one of the albums I got in '91, like Rubber Soul, and I was like. I have never heard an album that's so eclectic as this album. It is yeah. 
I thought I think it's unbelievable. You listen to it now, and it's probably one of the most eclectic albums. Yeah, amazing. All over the place it is. All over the, the first, place. And then the the du- first and double, double album. The first double album, really, ever. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. absolute amazing. Uh, and they had all these songs, and they even left Hey Jude off it. Um, because it was Hey Jude was recorded at the same time. It was part of the sessions for this album. Yeah. Um, whether they needed to have Revolution number nine on it, I'm not 100% sure. Oh, That's I where. I don't mind it. I don't mind it because, I, you know, just complete artistic freedom. Do yeah, whatever, yeah. The, whatever the hell they want. Yeah, you know, yeah. Why not? And I, and I applaud that. Because it's not like, it's not like, you know, in, that was what, 68, wasn't it? Wow. Yeah, it was, yeah. You know. It's not like now where you can just put on any song and you can go, oh, that reminds me of so and so. You know, you know, in 1968, where were you know what does Revolution Number no. Nine remind you of? Where was that influence coming from? Apart from like the whole kind of free form art stuff that you know yeah, Lennon yeah, was yeah. starting to do with Yoko and stuff. You know, yeah. and I, I, lo- I love, I love all that tape loop stuff. Just, yeah, just cutting, yeah. all, cutting everything up into a million pieces yeah. and scattering on the floor and putting it back together again in yeah, the wrong yeah. order. Genius. And, it, and apparently it was part of, originally it was part of the jam for Revolution. That's where it came from. So there is, yeah. in the background, yeah. there is like parts of the loop of this jam yeah. that went on for, for a long while of, of the Revolution song, which you can't, I almost can't hear, but you know, you like talking about samples of bits of bobs. It's yeah. almost like that's what they're doing. Um, but yeah. there's some great, great songs. I mean, Back in the USSR, another great opener of an album. Glass, Glass uh, Onion. Yeah, Dear Prudence. Um, I think While My Guitar Gently Weeps is one of George Harrison's real classics. I think it's yeah, a great song. You've got Blackbird on here, Helter Skelter, which is unbelievably, people are always surprised to know that it's a Paul McCartney one because it literally yeah. it's so heavy. It's one of the heaviest well, they, songs up to that yeah, point. Well, they say it was one of the it was one of the songs, it was like the first heavy metal song. That's what a lot of people yeah, say. Yeah. Uh, and know, saying that, the yeah. album is, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and the album actually is, the majority of the album is actually quite acoustic. Because a lot of the albums yeah, written yeah. in India, so yeah, they were. Well. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I think it's amazing. Um, there's not much more to say about it. What? Because obviously in your twenty, the Beatles are obviously often in more, and in your podcast as well. You know, I've I've, I've heard for a couple of your podcasts and people with very different music tastes still cite back to the Beatles, don't they? I mean, yeah. in the first podcast, well, your, your guest comes back to the Beatles, even though a lot of this yeah. stuff is more the punk side of things. Yeah, yeah. Go on. No, no, yeah, it was, yeah, you're talking about Gears. Yeah, it was, you know, he was very much like a lot of his choices. It was kind of like punk, industrial, metal. Mm. But his mm. favourite band of all time was the Beatles. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. Where, where for you, because obviously you didn't have any albums in, in no. 20, was there any bubbling under? What's the albums of the Beatles do you, would you go to? Uh, I mean, when I was when I was younger, um, I loved. I was, it's, you know, it's interesting what you were saying about when you, you, your dad got you a copy of Sgt. Pepper and you listened to it and you're like, this is rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would never say I'd never say it was rubbish, but I appreciate it as a piece of art and it's yeah. amazing, you know. Uh, well, but I obviously I, changed. My, I, I obviously I, changed my mind because it's number five now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah obviously. You think. Um, but you know, I always thought found Sergeant Pepper very, very overrated. Uh, I love Revolver, you know, 
Rubber Soul. When I was younger, Hard Day's Night was my favourite Beatles album. Yeah, yeah. I think I it's it's a great rock album, you know. There's yeah, some brilliant album tracks on there, you know. I'll be, uh, was it? Um, I'll yeah. be back, yeah. stuff like that. And um, any time at all. Yeah, dun, dun, dun. brilliant. And every but, track, thirteen tracks, all written by Lennon McCartney, which was a very yeah. rare in those days. That was the first. That was the first album where they wrote every song, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. but no, I think I think the older I get, I'm like, yeah, White Album. White Album's the best Beatles album. I think uh, it just it just is because like yeah. you were saying about it just that yeah I, it's kind of hard to think of a more eclectic album you know it's it's all on there everything is on there yeah. you know yeah. acoustic folk stuff to heavy metal to kind of like like soundscape yeah. Beach Boys stuff. pastiche I mean back yeah. in the US there's a bit yeah, 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 yeah. ends with good then, ends with good night which is like yeah. an old sort of old. You think, oh, that's a McCartney song. Lennon wrote that. Lennon wrote yeah. that for Ringo. It's like an old musical number. And then you've got yeah. Honey Pie, which is like an old swing type number as well. Yeah. Everybody's got some of the highlights up for me and my yeah. monkey. Uh, Rocky, like, Rocky, Rocky song, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It's a cr- glass I mean, onion. I love it. You know, it's brilliant. I mean, it's, it's one of those things if you wanted to make it a single album. What would you take off? And you still think, yeah, I'll probably take off that, I'll probably take off that. But it is a struggle to make. It would be a struggle to make it into one single album. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, definitely. I, you know, I, think, I think it's, you know, it's, I think it's a fascinating album. And it, it's one that you can listen to and still be kind of unpacking. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, the remix they've done on it, it sound, I mean, it's always a good sounding album, but it sounds yeah. absolutely amazing. Sounds so, yeah. and it brings out things that you probably have never heard before as well. And um, some of the drumming, Ringo's drumming, is so good in it as well. It's um, yeah. it's, it's great, great. Now number two, I'm afraid it's that you're going to open that drawer, Gareth, and we're going to pull out what's the story, Morning Glory at number two. Um, I I vaguely remember this album. <laughs> <laughs> and you had it on loop, and. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I haven't played it for ages, really, until I played it about six, seven, eight months ago. I still love it. Um, I actually had on my thing the other day, I had Hey Now, which I think is such an underrated song. It's like the it's nice least song. played song off that album. Well, it's, it. really, it's it? the only song on that album I'm not sick of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, uh, but I don't want to go too much into it, but this was the album at the time when I first heard it. I absolutely loved it. It turned me from Blur being a blur person to an oasis person literally within the first listen of this album i can remember queuing with going down with a couple of mates from school down to Woolworths, and everybody in that queue was buying this album yeah Um, i don't think think i've ever seen that before or since when everybody's buying this i know um you thought oh i've got enough and it was 15 quid you know, it's yeah. as well. It's like we're gonna we're gonna pay as much as we possibly can to get it. I made sure I had enough money leading up to it, so I wasn't waiting any more than that yeah. day. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I love it. I love it. I still do love it. It's one of my favourites. It's a real sort of turning point album. Yes, it was overplayed, but, but there's a reason. It's often a reason. Yes, exactly. We said it at the same time. Exactly, it's a reason. And sometimes the reason is the album's good. Yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. is the reason. It's as I've, I've, I've said it many times before, but when you get albums that, that, that get so big, they get like beyond mainstream. When people like 
um, when you can appeal to when people are buying your album and those people that maybe buy one album a year, right? Yeah. When those sort of people are buying your album, when you've got that big, you've gone beyond radio, beyond MTV, beyond everything, beyond mainstream, everyone like buying, you know, um, my mum bought Morning Glory, everyone had Morning Glory. You know, for me, even at the time, I felt a lot of the songs were half finished. It used to really annoy me that, like, there's... There's at least three examples of it on this album, right? Wonderwall, Cast No Shadow, and the title track, Morning Glory. They all repeat the same, the first verse yeah. again, and that always winds me up. And even no, Noel, it's a bit of a, he, a bit of a classic yeah. Noel Gallagher trait that is a little. Yeah, bit. but you know, he, but he even come out recently and said about he can't understand why everyone loves Wonderwall because he said it's half finished. He never even finished the song. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And you know, but you know. The songs are undeniable, man. You know, some might say, God, blimey. Well, I think sometimes you sort of you think, know. Mark, they could have put the master plan on this. They could have put, yeah. uh, put round our way on this. But uh, I mean, yeah. I know they wanted to step out on it originally. But yeah. the, uh, but sometimes an album is good, but it doesn't always have their best tracks on it. I know that sounds odd. It just flows nice. And yeah, that's, it, it's it got flows. a hell of a flow. Yeah, it's uh, amazing. And, you know, the songs merge into each other. It flows nicely. You, you can't just, just you can't you can't deny that you know Champagne Supernova is even though it means nothing the lyrics that, are just, just gibberish. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Those songs, you know, if if you're of a, of a certain age and a certain vintage, and and you haven't been there on a nightclub floor at the end of the night, arms around each other, drunk, singing, don't yeah. look back in anger, or any yeah. song off that album, Wonderwall. Champagne Supernova, Morning Glory, it it brought everyone together. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it still does. And it's the power of those songs. It's still, you know, look at it after the Manchester bombings. When yeah. that, would you remember that woman who yeah, started yeah. singing, don't look back in anger, at, the, yeah, at, yeah. at, at that, you know, and, and then all of a sudden everyone started singing it, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And the power of those songs, even, yeah. you know, 25 odd years after they came out, it's undeniable, and it's, it, it's amazing. And, and I think we forget, I, we forget. I think we forget how important to Manchester Oasis are, like yeah, how important absolutely. the Beatles are. Beatles are to Liverpool. I yeah, think. Yeah, no, Manchester have their band now, and that's Oasis. So I know Stone Roses and stuff. You could, but Oasis had a bit more longevity. longevity. Yeah, longevity. Um, but no, I mean, I love it. I always have, um, and also people would like to Oasis that you didn't think they would. Do you know, at school, you're like. Oh, you like Oasis, do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but um, more, more, so on, more so on Morning Glory, though. That turned oh, a yes. lot of people who didn't like guitar music yeah. onto guitar music. Because yeah. it was a yeah. bit more gentle. You know, it wasn't like, I mean, you know, definitely maybe, is, you know, is, is amazing. But it, there was, you know, you could put, you could play someone, for example, I don't know, Bring It On Down or Columbia. Mm. You know, pretty heavy mm. songs. And they'd be like, no, I don't like it. But you could play on Wonderwall and they can go, and they'd really like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think both of them were in the top 10 albums as well. I think definitely maybe went back up into the top 10. And, and um, yeah, well, Morning Glory is one of the best selling albums of all time in, this, in, the, in the UK. So, um, 
Right, so let's get down to the number one because time's ticking on. And number one probably won't be any surprise to you, Gareth. It's <laughs> Abbey Road by the Beatles. Unbelievably, their last recorded album, and it's yep. this. I mean, how many bands? So often bands go out in a whimper, don't they? Go, oh, we better do one more. Al- we'll do one more album, and it's a disappointment. Yep. They split yep. up. This is almost like the- I don't think they did now. I think the, the thing is. They were planning to do another one. The evidence has come about. They were talking about yeah. it. But yeah. and I know Let It Be was released last. It was recorded before this. Yep. This is then even the last track's called The End. It is an absolute masterpiece. This is. And absolutely, the cover is so iconic. This album, and I've got to thank, funny enough, the way that this is how I got into the Beatles was through this album. Um Basically, my brother was a fan of Michael Jackson. And at the end of Moonwalker, yeah. Um, yeah, he of does come together. Yeah, and yes. my brother was watching it. He used to watch Moonwalker all the time. So at the end of it, I, I went to my dad. What is this song? I reckon, You know when you sort of vaguely recognise yeah. it? So yeah. I only would have been about 13, 14. What is this song? And dad says, a Beatles song. I went, oh, yeah, yeah. And he went, I've got it on Abbey Road. And I had only, when I was, I only ever really played Beatles for Sale and Help when I, or, or because the way they look on this didn't match up with the way you thought the Beatles should look. Yeah. So true. I never had played this. I've never played this. I said, ah, oh, yes, Dad, I mean, Dad went, I've got Abbey Road, so I played it. I went up and played it. Oh my God. I was like, <laughs> that, opening, that, that track one come together. Yeah. Uh, it's, not bad, it's not a bad it's not a bad opener is it no and then number two <laughs> something and number yeah. two something and then side b starts with here comes the sun, the sun. Uh, which yeah. is and then that sort of mccartney takes over that second half of the yeah. album his yeah. idea was let's do a symphonic medley and apparently lennon wanted to do a more traditional album so they as per usual they sort of all went well let's do one side traditional tracks b side will do like a and it works so well. Yeah, and then yeah, literally, it's just them, all these scraps of songs that they haven't ever bothered completing. It yeah. puts together as a as a medley, yeah, a symphonic yeah. medley, and it works brilliantly. Yeah, it works. That last yeah. three, Golden Slumbers, Carry That yeah. One, The End. Yeah. It's just like, right. I actually, if I had listened to the Beatles albums in order, I actually listened to this one last, because it finishes yeah. it so Yeah, well. it does, yeah. Perfectly. And it sounds amazing. But Dad's record always, it was original 1960, still got it, original 1969 copy. Um, it's He always keeps his records in good condition. And it always sounds amazing. It's like, yeah. it's, 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 it's yeah. the bass, the drumming. Um, yeah. I think they've got a new, the new studio equipment. And yeah. it's Ringo new drums so it's much yeah R- R- ringo the drum sound that on come together is is unbelievable yeah and that drum solo in um the end it pans across the speakers um i love this album i can't I, yeah, and every time i listen to it my mate and i um from school peter him and i used to every time we went out and i'd stay around his house we'd come back um from the pub or whatever we've been, come back and he was into his music and I'd stay around I said, this little bedroom and we'd put on Abbey Road and we'd listen to Abbey Road before we went to, to, went to bed. <laughs> 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 we 
we had it on really quietly because he'd obviously didn't, yeah, want, to, he didn't want to wake up his parents. And yeah. we, it was like a tradition. Oh, we, better, we better put Abbey Road on. I've listened to this so many times. Um, yeah. and, and what's funny is that they were like, with this album cover, it was like, oh, what should we do for an album cover? And they had all these real grand ideas. And someone went, should we just do it outside? <laughs> Yeah. It is. <laughs> I know, I know, it's amazing. Um, it's like absolutely iconic. Um, and that's my number one. And uh, yes, and that's so, uh, thankfully Michael, Michael Jackson got me into the Beatles. Isn't that isn't that an odd? Uh, <laughs> then I've been obsessed with them ever since. Strange. Come on. Um, yes. Um, <laughs> so the top ten there was uh, like a prayer, Madonna. Nine, sing when you're winning, Robbie Williams. Eight, Urban Hymns, The Verve. Seven, the Benz Radiohead. Six, in it for the money, Supergrass. Five, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the Beatles. Four, Park Life, Blur. Three, the White Album, the Beatles. Two, what's the story, Morning Glory Oasis? And at number one, Abbey Road, the Beatles. So that's our first couple of podcasts. Um, Next time, Gareth and I are going to do this all again, but with our films. So... I've uh, will we? I mean, we only matched up in one in, in this one, top twenty. One, so that's, that's, one, I think that's good uh, going. I, that's, yeah, who would have thought that's... it would be Madonna? Blur the way since I was. I thought. Are we, had, are we had? Are we had? We had them virtually the same spot on our countdown as well. Yeah, it's weird. Weird. So we'll see what the films is going to be like, and we're going to be doing that. Um, you'll be that'll be coming to you next time, and then we're going to do as a two-parter as well. Um, with the movies, I reckon we might match up a little bit more. Gareth has gone yeah. for he's trying to keep it not to have too many of the same franchise in it yeah. i'm gonna once again hold my hands up i haven't done that <laughs> <laughs> no um but um never mind that's that'll be good that's what's good we'll see how eclectic our stuff is and, exactly. and we'll see but we've had a really good i mean stuff that gareth's got here as well i'm gonna definitely try and catch up and educate me into that and and um at the very least, I've educated Gareth in listening to Take That's Progress album from 2010. So, so we have. Yeah, 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 yeah I'll, I'll take that away. You may go revisit some of the Beatles albums again. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. You've introduced me to this band called The Beatles. I might have to go check them out. I yeah, they're not bad. I think they're quite good. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Right. Thank you very much for joining me, Gareth. Um, this is the Music and Film Saves the World podcast. You're listening to Chris Rice and Gareth Jones. Check out Gareth's podcast. Track one, side one. Have I got it right? Yeah, Brilliant. Perfect. And and uh, and this is all available to him. We'll be back next week. And Gareth is going to be joining me on many podcasts coming up too. So we've got some great stuff coming up. Thank you for listening. Speak soon. Bye bye.